Hello, hello, and welcome to Intentional Sounding. It's the Draw Play Podcast, episode 99, the highest number you could wear on a football jersey, at oh, least so for close. the moment. Maybe one of these days we'll have a 100 on a jersey. That's going to be a crazy day. I bet. And I, I'm looking forward to it. I bet the XFL or the. Sam, I haven't introduced you yet. Oh, oh, God. All right. So, we're just going to try this all over again. <laughs> Hello, hello, and welcome to Intentional Sounding. It's the Draw Play Podcast, episode 99. And I had a bit for that, but I've already kind of wasted it for no reason whatsoever. I don't know why. Uh, I'm sure it was edited out, but you'll never know. Anyway, with me as always is Ready Player 2, Sam Grezis. Oh, yeah, we get to talk about that shitty movie that's based on that shitty book that everyone seems to like so much. It's Yay. weird. So, like, at this, like, a lot of people like that book, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I don't know anyone who likes that book. I know a few people who do. I, I, I don't read too much so i i used to read a lot more than i do now i don't have time to read anymore when i was in high school i like late middle school high school i started getting into horror novels and i read a lot of books and it was mostly stephen king books but it was it was just a lot of books and it's just like horror movies horror novels stuff like that um i read a lot of crap um I got Ready Player One for an Easter gift from Mm -hmm. my wife, like, years ago, because it was getting, it had, like, just come out, and people were giving it positive reviews. She hadn't read it, so she's just like, yeah, yeah, you might like this. It's about video games. So, and I read it, and it is, without a doubt, probably the worst book I've ever read. I don't think I hated it when I read it. I, I was like, I mean, this is stupid. And there were things about it that immediately jumped out and bothered me. But I was just reading it and turning the pages. I'm just like, ah, this is dumb fluff, whatever. I got to the end. I'm like, ah, that was kind of crap. And then I thought about it a little bit more over the next few days. And it's just like, the more I thought about it, the more I hated it. And I occasionally go back to it and like flip open a couple pages and read it. And I'm like, this is awful. I'm not a literary critic, but this is like garbage. I would I would love for you to allow me to read a selection from Ready Player One. The book. I could read a selection right now. Uh-huh. Um, do you remember Back to the Future? <laughs> I do. There's a there's a really good uh God, I can't remember the the Twitter user who did it, but if you search Ready Player One theme song you'll find it and it's this dude doing pretty much that is like remember transformers and back to the future remember et yes. like everyone needs to look up this twitter account um it's demi i he's got a very difficult to pronounce last name but he does a lot of like goofy little mm-hmm. songs and stuff like that like he did the uh bright orc rap and stuff like that he's a writer right. on the yes. place yeah like just look up like just google demi uh bright song and you'll probably be brought to his twitter and at that point you could just go down and enjoy everything he's done he's fantastic i want to give you an actual this is real okay this is a real selection from ready player one 
And this is like, I, I tried to read it. Like I, I got like the little preview on Amazon. I got two pages in and I'm like, I can't, I can't. I know this is supposedly made for people like me, but you can't just list all these things. I'm Yes, I am aware of these media properties and they are very important to me, but still. Anyway, all right. Without further ado, a live reading brought to you by audible.com if they decide to sponsor this podcast. <clears throat> Ready Player One. I made a big entrance when I arrived in my flying DeLorean, which I'd obtained by completing a Back to the Future quest on the planet Zemeckis. The DeLorean came outfitted with a non-functioning flux capacitor, but I'd made several additions to its equipment and appearance. First, I'd installed an artificially intelligent onboard computer named Kit, purchased in an online auction, into the dashboard, along with a matching red Knight Rider scanner just above De De the DeLorean's grille. Then I'd outfitted the car with an oscillation overthruster, a device that allowed it to travel through solid matter. Finally, to complete my 80s super vehicle theme, I'd slapped a Ghostbusters logo on each of the DeLorean's gullwing doors, then added personalized plates that read Ecto-88. I'd only had it a few weeks now, but my time-traveling, ghost-busting, night-riding, matter-penetrating DeLorean had already become my avatar's trademark. This is real. That This is a real- This is something that a real author did and thought it was okay. It's- it's so bad. The- the problem, like, if you read the book, like, the one thing I couldn't get over is it definitely felt like the author- one, the character is the most Mary Sue of Mary Sue. Yeah, yeah. Ever. Like, like yeah, really. If, if there, if you look up Mary Sue in the dictionary, you'll find a cliche. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. like, this is horrible. Like, it is unbelievable. The character is absolutely perfect in every way. He always thinks really far ahead and immediately thwarts the bad guys. He's never in real danger. It, it, it he's he knows everything and it's basically just an excuse for the author to jerk off about how much useless pop culture he knows well so that's the thing as someone who enjoys arnold schwarzenegger movies action movies that kind of pulpy nonsense stuff i don't i don't mind the the super powered like hero right i love the tomb raider movies i i love superhero movies i love arnold schwarzenegger movies that's i have fine. a problem with it when it effectively creates zero tension within the story like there's a part yes in yeah that book that i remember where he's like or like the bad guys are like coming in to capture him and he escapes basically because he pre-planned everything beforehand <laughs> effectively off screen like some like, fucking anime it, bullshit like you didn't realize that i was one step of you the whole time yeah basically it, it's almost like the writer wrote this like scene just like oh how is he gonna get out of this and transparently just decided oh back before back between pages I set all this up and just forgot to say anything. Like he doesn't set up any of these escape routes. He just mm -hmm. kind of has them retconned into the story when he realizes he's stuck in a corner and there might actually be drama and tension. But no, 
<laughs> Have you ever played so Dungeons and Dragons? Bad. No. Okay, so I, bear with me for a, for a hot second, right? If you play Dungeons and Dragons, and especially if you ever DM, which is the dungeon master who is the person that sets up all these scenarios, you will be very familiar with what Ernest Klein has done in Ready Player One in that specific scenario, which is like, oh no, I I I I didn't tell you I bought this specific equipment for this specific spell that the end bosses week two but i i totally did it you see you can see it on my gold meter and in my inventory uh thing and it's like no you did you didn't you didn't this is about the story right this is about the story and the story is more interesting if you don't have this fucking escape get out of jail free card thing which is why it's always so so interesting like if we want to compare that scenario that happens in every movie right you know the hero's gonna win most of the time Mm -hmm. i guess but if you want to compare it to say james bond where in goldfinger right he's strapped to the to the table and the laser's coming up yeah james bond's in real trouble and yeah he like keeps his calm demeanor because that's what the character is but you have to uh like display some sort of on the spot ingenuity that makes yeah, the... Yeah, like the pleasure the tension comes from well i mean you know he's basically going to make it yeah how like how is he going right to make right it? The, there, and that's the how the fun, is that's where the tension comes from and that's where a lot of like stuff comes in just like oh i think he's just gonna be able to get away and then the bad right. guy will stop that avenue of escape and you're like oh well, now I'm not sure how he's going to escape. So you're right. on edge because even though yes. part of you knows, yeah, obviously the protagonist isn't going to die 45 minutes into the movie. He's like, what's going to happen here? The best. But the, oh, this book is there's never any of that tension because it's just like, oh, no, we're, I'm not actually in danger because I'm too fucking smart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The best stories are the stories where the the antagonist right is one or two steps ahead of the protagonist and the protagonist has to use some sort of like improvised whatever like on the fly crazy just crazy enough to work plan to get out of it and and this is one ready player one is not that and two it's also like every other i'm looking at at another chapter that's literally just describing the rules to the classic 80s arcade game joust yeah it's awful page page 81 page 81 it's real i hear the movie is better Uh, yeah and listen it's gonna i bet the movie is enjoyable as hell right I, i if if i were given a free ticket to see it if someone said like hey sam come see this movie I would watch it and I would probably enjoy it because I would zone out of the story and just look at all the beautiful things and kind of, yeah, yeah, when the Iron Giant comes on the screen, I'd be like, oh, cool, it's the Iron Giant helping out, that's cool. Oh, look, it's Chun-Li because I'm a five-year-old, right? I think that also works better on the screen than Absolutely it, does it does on the page because on Absolutely the page, it does. it's a paragraph about how hey look over there is pikachu but he's wearing a hat from 
the Terminator, and mm-hmm. there he's like driving along on like the Matrix Highway or something. Mm-hmm. Like you have to describe that, and that's all the friggin' author does is just describe reference after reference after reference. We're on screen. It's just like oh five seconds. There's the Pikachu. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's far more. I like. I have a feeling. Ready Player One will the movie will be kind of fun for obsessive nerds to dissect shot by shot later yeah. on down the road and just yes. accumulate every single reference they yep. possibly can. And, th- and that's and fair. I, that's valid. Like, that'll be kind of that. Yeah, like that. That's fine. There was whatever. Like that like, little Easter eggs. It works better. I just hear like there's more actual like story instead of this joke of the author jerking himself off about the 80s polygon has already in an article like gone deep into this and i highly recommend you read it they they go into whether or not the sony playstation 4 mascot knack y'all remember knack from your favorite video game knack and knack 2 whether or not Knack, this jokey, meme, like, not popular character from a not popular game, makes a cameo. And a bunch of the staffers who saw it, like, multiple times to try and pick it out in this giant battle scene that happens at the end, they're like, did we see it? No, but does that mean that Knack is there? I don't know, whatever. It's it, That, I think, is where the fun of this movie is. Is like, what is... Do, is there a Shrek in the background? Is d- does, does Shrek, like, murder a virtual reality man in the background? Maybe. Maybe. You know who I wish had been able to get a hold of this property and make a movie out of it? Uh-huh. Paul Verhoeven. Oh, shit. Can you imagine Paul Verhoeven's version of Ready Player One? Knowing w- the contempt he showed for Starship Troopers and how he made a movie basically condemning everything that that book champions, I like. I have a feeling he'd probably mm-hmm. feel the exact same way about Ready Player One because Ready Player One is a setting that is ripe for satire uh-huh. and completely wasted by this stupid story my god just like uh, like the bad guy is just like evil capitalism let's defeat him by all these references to products that i love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it's so such a waste of a good idea uh, you have said that and now that's all i again as the target audience for the real ready player one right i am the person that this movie is trying to pander to i would love nothing more than for paul verhoven to have taken that and made this a movie about how much of a fucking idiot i am right i would have loved that and now i'm kind of sad that that hasn't happened <laughs> There also would have been a lot more sex, and it would have been hilarious. That's true. That's true. We would have finally had, like, Rule 34 on screen. Uh-huh. Yeah, literally, like, 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 the three fucking It, it would four. be, like, literal Rule 34 yeah. in the movie yes. if Paul Verhoeven was there. And, that, like, that's what we could have had. Yeah. Just, ugh. So should yep. we talk about football? Yeah, probably. We're 15 minutes into this football podcast and we talk about just big games and, and dunking on ready player one a movie like we that. haven't even seen in a book i've only read two <laughs> chapters of yep 
Not too, like, we had a little bit of news this week, but I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say there was anything incredible outside um, the big blockbuster trade that happened two days ago. Yeah. Which was Brandon Cooks was traded from the Patriots to the Rams for a first and a sixth. Mm-hmm. And with Brandon Cooks, I think there was also maybe a fourth round. Pick yeah, Brandon, uh, the Patriots shipped a fourth to the Rams as well. So Brandon Cooks in a fourth for the 23rd overall pick and a sixth mm-hmm. to the Rams. So now the Rams have bought everything. Yeah. Yeah, you think they're, they're in win now mode or what? This, uh, that I, I guess they're aware of the fact that the best way to win a championship right now is to get a good QB who's still on a rookie contract uh-huh. and then just spend all the money on <laughs> veterans and stuff around him. Yeah, on, to on, get on people over. to protect like him. And, yeah. If you can luck into that rookie QB who's on that good, cheap contract, mm-hmm. just go all in while you could pay everyone else. And, well, I mean, it worked for the Seahawks. It worked for the Eagles. I was going to say it worked for the Eagles most recently, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so what do you, what do you think about? Like, because I think it's smart as hell. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people on Twitter were like, oh, they're giving up too much. Oh, it's a first-round pick. But at 23... Right, who are the Rams really gonna get? It's a very top-heavy draft, I think, this year. And yeah, I mean, obviously there's still like some skill left at the 23 spot, but I mean, you're not gonna get Roquan Smith, you're not gonna get Saquon Berkeley, you're not gonna get Lamar Jackson, you're not gonna really get, I don't know, any of the real sexy like names. So why not get Brandon Cooks, who's one of the best receivers in the league? I I don't know how much I don't know if I'm, like the Rams don't have a pick in like the first two rounds, which that that's kind of an issue. Yeah, it is. It is. But I I do like Brandon Cooks as a pickup. Like that's mm-hmm. that's that's a good pickup. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see what Brandon Cooks can do. He was there for the Patriots. He had a fine season. I don't. Th- there's there's been a lot of reports that he didn't really work out quite as well as the Patriots would have wanted. I don't think they used him as well as they could have. But again, this is me didn't. like Patriots always always looking to hate on the Patriots. I think that it was more of a like uh, you know Jeff Fisher Jared Goff scenario. Like the the Brandon Cooks was walking into a system where he was always going to be the odd man out, and now on the Rams and he's not going to be. Let's let's be real we know why he didn't work he's black yeah on the Patriots. yeah right a black receiver on the he Patriots. wasn't a shift not gonna guy. happen yeah yep who do the who do the patriots have left now um let's see oh chris hogan oh jesus um, yeah and, and julian edelman's coming back well they're they're okay can they're i i'm honestly I kind of surprised they didn't um try and draft cooper cup like <laughs> last year Cup, yeah, or whatever up. yeah because you have to imagine cooper cup he's gonna be a patriot at some point yeah that's that's very true we don't know when but cooper he's cup be is let, let me let me put i think what's gonna happen is cooper cup is gonna win a super bowl for the rams in like the last year of his rookie contract and then the rams won't be able to afford to pay him anymore and he's going to go to the Patriots. I think that like, I feel like that is the most, 
it makes the most sense to me. Yeah. So it is also kind of interesting that the Patriots would now effectively have two first round picks. Yeah, and that's some true. Some people are wondering, like, huh, are they are they going to trade up? Are mm-hmm. they going to pick a quarterback? Yeah. Like, suddenly the Patriots are kind of in play for one of these four or five. I guess there's five. I don't I don't see them taking Lamar Jackson. I don't think. Well, the the Belichick's type. The hot take because he's black. The hot take is that is that they're gonna, the the, the buzz is that, the Patriots are looking to take Lamar Jackson, and like I don't know, it, it's draft talk, so it's all bullshit, right? But yeah, this is all we don't know anything. It's all smoke screens. Don't, yeah, don't trust anyone. Do you mind? The if- only thing you can really trust at this point is whoever the Browns say they're going to take number one overall because there's no reason for them to lie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we still don't even know what the Browns are going to do at that point. And yeah. I think the Browns are working out every quarterback they can to make sure they make the right pick, which means they're taking Baker Mayfield. Right. Yes. Yep. Yep. Fair. Uh can I can I get on a soapbox real quick about Lamar Jackson? I I haven't done I didn't this. Know yet. you were off a soapbox. I I have never I gotten. You not, lived perpetually on a soapbox. I will. Had, I like, will. Soapboxes tied to your feet like moon boots. I will never get off the soapbox until the draft and until like yes, he's gonna be the fourth quarterback drafted in this draft, but it is a mistake. So the number one quarterback right now, right? The quarterback that everyone's super hot on is Sam Darnold. Yeah. Let mm-hmm. me give you his stats, okay? So, 277 completions on 435 attempts. That is a very respectable completion percentage of 63.7. That's really good, right? A total of uh, 3,787 passing yards and 8.7 yards per attempt. He's averaging 291.3 yards per game over his uh, entire career uh and had 26 touchdowns in his college career okay wait that doesn't seem right at all this must just be no this is for i'm sorry this is for the senior season this is for the senior season 26 touchdowns in his senior season uh he also had 12 interceptions this feels comfortably alex smithy yep 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 let me give you the stats the 2017 stats for lamar jackson who keep in mind, was throwing to nobody, right? Lamar Jackson was the only good player on Louisville this year. Uh, He was 241 uh, completions on 399 attempts, which works out to a 60.4% completion rate. So yes, lower than 63.7, but not by a whole lot. Uh, Had about 300 less yards throwing than Sam Darnold did, uh, 3,489 to his 3,787, uh, still averaged 8.7 yards per attempt, the exact same as Sam Darnold, 290.8 yards per game, a half a yard per game less than Sam Darnold, 25 touchdowns passing, uh, which is one less than Sam Darnold, and six interceptions, which is half that of Sam Darnold. And this is before you get into his rushing stats, which, I mean, I don't even need to talk about because he had, yeah, he had 1,400 rushing yards, 
208 rushing attempts, 6.9 nice yards per carry, averaged 120 rushing yards per game, and had 17 rushing touchdowns on the year. The fact that it is absolutely baffling to me that anyone thinks that Sam Darnold will be a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson, especially if you believe, like most draft analysts do, that touch and accuracy cannot be taught. Why would you take someone who has literally 100% more interceptions than Lamar Jackson? Why? Why would you do it? I don't know. I mean, I was thinking about this, and I, I was thinking about the names of all the quarterbacks. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit last week. We did, we did. And Lamar Jackson feels like a Deshaun Watson to me. Mm-hmm. He's going to be super fun to watch, and then he's going to get hurt and die. Well, you you have... It's it's funny that you say that. You have the same... Um, I don't know what you call it. It's the... Uh, in poetry, they call... Oh, meter. Meter. Lamar Jackson has the same stressed and unstressed syllables as Deshaun Watson. So it's unstressed, stressed, stressed, unstressed. So I get that. I'm just trying to picture, like, hearing announcers say it. Lamar Jackson. I definitely... Lamar Jackson. And Jackson rolls to the left and does some good stuff. And, oh, wow, that's a beautiful touchdown. It looks like Lamar Jackson may be hurt on the play. Oh, his leg is facing the wrong direction. I guess that's... No, no. That's I, I will say that's that's the one like more legit thing that I've heard about Lamar Jackson is he's smaller and people say like yeah as a, a as a dual threat quarterback you want to be like jai fucking normous but I mean Russell Wilson but I mean Russell Wilson in the face right of that yeah like it, it it doesn't matter what your size is what matters is how you run yeah like, exactly there's a massive difference between how Michael Vick would run and how Russell Wilson runs. Yeah. Russell Wilson runs to create openings, to make a play, to and he runs smart. Whereas mm-hmm. Michael Vick runs recklessly. RG3 yeah. runs recklessly. There was a big difference. So mm-hmm. I I have not watched a single ounce of tape, but if Lamar Jackson runs smart, he does. Then I'm okay. I mean he but, the the cool but, thing like about the Lamar amount Jackson. of running yards that he he has kind of makes me worried that he is just like more athletic than everyone else and that won't necessarily translate to the nfl where everyone is a little bit better of an athlete so but so i don't know the thing that i would say to to temper that just a little bit right is last year last year he had legit weapons at wide receiver this year, I think he was running because no one was open. Yeah, you watch. I, I mean, I watched Louisville a lot this year because I really like Lamar Jackson, and I, I think he's one of the most exciting quarterbacks to come out of the draft in a really long fucking time. Like, really, really a long time. Probably since Mike Vick. And I, like... I watched him play and I'm like, oh, is he just like tucking and running as soon as he sees a hole? Not really. He's the kind of guy that will like go through his reads. Yeah, if... that's the question. If, if mm-hmm. he's still going through progressions when he's scrambling and most of his plays are him going through progressions and then 
finding the opening instead of immediately going yeah. for the opening. I think that's a big indicator of how smart the guy runs. Most because RG three would immediately tuck and run. Yeah. yeah. But but when you watch like Aaron Rodgers, he's always looking downfield. Russell mm-hmm. Wilson, he's always looking mm-hmm. downfield. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when he does just immediately tuck and run, it's when like the safeties and corners are all or like split back and like whatever, and he knows he can get. 10 yards just easy peasy untouched he also knows how to slide like so I, I don't know man I I I feel bad for Lamar Jackson because his rookie contract is going to be less expensive than say Sam Darnold's like Josh Allen's whatever but at the same time I'm pretty confident that he's going to have a longer and more fruitful full NFL career than either either of those two people are. That's just me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I am interested to see what happens because the one thing about Lamar Jackson is good or bad, he's his career will probably be interesting. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He. I don't think he's gonna fade away. I don't think it's gonna be like a Geno Smith scenario where like everyone's really hot on him and he gets thrown into this situation that's no win and then he gets bad. Or he always was bad. Were people ever really high on Geno Smith, though? Coming into the draft, hell yeah. How could you not be? I I mean, he fell to the second round, so I'm going to say no. And I remember most people at the time being like, this is not a strong quarterback class at all. Like, Geno Smith is the best we got. And in most years, he would not be drafted very highly and... Like, most people only had him going in the first round because he was simply the only decent quarterback coming out. And he still didn't make it out of the first round. Well, but at the same time, I mean, you can't... Every single time I think about this stuff, I think about what they did in college and the highlight reels these players put together. This is why Ray, friend of the show, is so high on Case Keenum and why he's so excited now is because, like, he set... Every friggin' college record you can think of, right? And and then he didn't really flame out in the NFL, but had a lot of struggles, and now he's setting the world on fire again. So I I always I don't know. I, I'm not gonna be John Gruden and be like, I'll go back to the tape. But I it, it is hard for me when I think about the draft not to to think about not just the eye test, but like literally what these players have done on the field. It is hard. It is much harder for me to compartmentalize that and be like, what do these specific plays tell me about this player's skills vis-a-vis and an NFL roster or the NFL game as opposed to the college game. That's something I have trouble doing. And I think a lot of people have trouble doing. So like that's that's kind of my comfort zone is like look at look at this dope shit this guy did. Hooray. Fair enough. Fair enough. But to every Lamar Jackson there is like, you know, Vince Young. Yeah. Who, oh, for sure. It's it's a big question. Yeah. Uh let, continuing on the uh subject of um John Gruden here for a Oh second. god, yeah, I was I was hoping we could talk about this cuz it makes me very sad. So, um <laughs> I guess he's back to being an asshole coach now. 
Yeah, it didn't take long. Doesn't at all. Doesn't like fun. Remember how much he liked fun and stuff like that when he was in the booth. Yeah, and how fun he was. And now he's the coach of the Raiders, and he got rid of the fun punter, mm-hmm. Marquette King was released aka the fun punter Who, the, the punter you may have seen do a dance with the flag and yep. then get flagged yep yep uh i mean he's gonna get paid he was the best punter in football last year some team is going to pick him up so was it last year i mean i took like two years ago i know he was the best punter but i i think he, the best punter last i year? think he was last year i think I remember reading it somewhere. If if he wasn't, he I mean he's definitely good enough to make another roster and start and make good punter money, you know. Good punter money. Yeah. <laughs> Which to be fair, I have no idea. It could be like fifty thousand dollars a year. Like no matter what you think of uh Marquette King's antics, whether you love them or you think he's irritating at me first, I think it's good that we finally have a diva punter yeah in the league. absolutely like, like that that's the kind of thing we kind of needed it it, it it balances out the um kicker who beats his wife like we finally had a scumbag kicker yeah it, it was it's nice to have a fun diva punter uh-huh like it's fun to have some swag especially with pat mcafee being retired and all that stuff i i totally ag- agree with that i mean it's it's funny because like marquette king he's in Oh, God, is it like a Powerade or Gatorade or an NFL ad? It's like an ad where he's like, I got, we got eliminated from the postseason early. That means we have three extra weeks of training. And he's like fucking mugging to the camera and being incredibly, incredibly personable in this commercial. And I'm like, well, it sucks you're not on a team. I will will say this really kind of, I mean, like you're saying, it was a real quick heel turn for John Gruden. I was really kind of excited to see him and Marquette King like be on the same team, I guess, or him coach Marquette King and do some weird. To see like the behind the scenes kind of yeah footage, of just, just like a hard knocks of John Gruden, like ah oh, yeah, you you kick that ball like bananas, yeah yeah like oh, spider two why bananas, there, buddy yeah I'm, I'm it's a great I don't do a very good John Gruden. <laughs> Uh, well, heel turn. I hate it. Good luck, Marquette King. I, be on a better is team. Is Marquette King the first guy that John Gruden has not liked? I like this. I guy. like this I, guy. I, I, don't, I don't like this guy. Oh no! Uh, oh man! Is John Gruden done liking guys? Is, I, this, is the John Gruden liking guys era over? I as soon as you said that is is Marquette King the first the first guy John Gruden hasn't liked? Like the answer to that is is a pretty resounding yes. The scarier question that this brings up is like is John jo, is John Gruden done liking this guy? How many more of these guys does John Gruden like? We'll find out. We'll we'll find out, and I'm not I'm not excited to. It'll make me sad, probably. It's gonna be interest. It's gonna be weird, honestly, seeing Gruden back as a coach. Yeah. And not like hearing him. I'm not. I'm not ready for that. I don't. I didn't want it, but we're that's that's the world we live in now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What if he does do a complete heel turn 
This well, is this well, is Gruden's heel turn. He's uh, he, he comes out and he's the biggest asshole. He's already toying with it, right? In that he, you remember from like two or three weeks ago, he was like, Colin Ka- uh, Colin Kaepernick should have should have gotten drafted, but I'm really interested in Johnny Football. The ultimate heel turn would be for him to cut Marquette King, draft Johnny Manziel, and let and leave Colin Kaepernick out, like hang him out to dry. I. If he does, I don't know if there's any coming back from that. I think you, I think you immediately become, at least in the in the kind of football fan community that we live in, Dave. Yeah. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know if I could ever look at him the same way again. It would it would not be great. The R Gruden grinder would be John Gruden himself. Yep. And that we want to put him in in a gigantic grinder and not it's see him anymore. It's so disappointing. Yeah. But, you know, that's that. I guess that's news for the Raiders, which is something. Yeah. Yeah. Raiders have, a, have been honestly pretty quiet. They have. And that's surprising uh, to me, honestly. I, th- I would have thought they were going to make a ton of fucking moves. Let's keep this on, like quarterbacks let's go back to quarterbacks now. yes please you know smith i would like to just mention that he is a charger now is he i didn't even know sure he got signed to back up philip rivers which right. i think this is um very interesting because we have a very potentially fascinating situation here so this year or this past season we all know eli manning's uh mega streak his iron man streak mm-hmm. ended and Geno Smith got the start for yeah. no reason, for bad yeah. coaching. Yes. It was a depressing end to a legendary streak, and it served no purpose. No purpose. The next Iron Man up with the next longest active start streak after Eli is Philip Rivers. Is it? Oh, man. He's got basically two seasons to catch up with Eli's consecutive start streak because he sat for those two years in San Diego. But does this possibly mean that we could have Philip Rivers' start streak ended to Geno Smith? It can't be. It can't be, but on the off chance it is, Dave, you need to make this prediction right now on this podcast. So in two years, you can say that you were the one to call it. Philip Rivers' streak as the Iron Man will end and Geno Smith will get the start. Oh my god. You heard it here first. Oh my god. That is about the most buckwild prediction I think we've ever had on the show. That would be the best coincidence that yeah. maybe goes understated. Yeah, like, is is that Philip Rivers happens, breaks the be record. Like Ten people who are be like, whoa, that's kind of weird. And it'll be worth it. Uh-huh. Absolutely. That's that's the kind of shit that that the real fucking geeks like the people who root for chaos. I don't know that that's my shit for sure. Chaos is great. And I, it would bring warm my heart. If Philip Rivers gets like within like 10 games or, or like two games of Eli's streak and then gets benched for no good reason. Smith That'd be that. I mean, I, listen, I don't have any, any just, kind of love for Philip Rivers, but that would be salt. a little bit heartbreaking. Oh, it would be so, oh God, 
it'd be hilarious. In in my mind, it would... it's he he breaks the record by one game, and then Geno Smith comes in for him, and then leaves for the team that has the next next closest person, and just continues this streak of of breaking the record and breaking or breaking the streak and breaking the streak right after someone breaks the record. Cheeto Smith becomes forever after known as the combo breaker. Yeah. Oh my god. Can we start that? Can we start that as his nickname right now? We totally can. Gino Smith, the combo breaker. Combo breaker. Hell yeah. I like that a lot. I'm all for it. Let's just, I hope this happens. Yes, me too. Did you see the uh ESPN drama today? There was drama on ESPN. There was my surprised face. Drama I'm sure on ESPN. So, so face. the Real Housewives of ESPN, uh, Mel Kiper and Todd McShay, today unveiled their. I think it's their mock draft 3.0 or whatever. I'm not keeping track, even though it is part of my job to keep track of these kinds of things, because you all know how I feel about this. Um, and Mel Kiper, you know, made some changes, whatever. I think Baker Mayfield moved up a little bit. He, Kiper has him going to the Broncos, which fine, whatever. Um, but Todd McShay, the maverick that he is, decided to, decided to bend the rules and go renegade with his draft. And this was a big, big source of drama in the ESPN offices. Todd McShay, against the rules of the mock draft, projected the Dolphins trading up to draft Baker Mayfield. This is against the rules. You're not allowed to do trades in the mock draft. And Mel Kuyper was very, very angry. And this was all very, very real and not manufactured drama because people don't care about mock drafts. I mean, people do care about mock drafts. That's, like, the problem. Because mock drafts are dumb. I am so angry about this. Stupid. I am so... Dave, and I know you are too, but the fact that I I was, like, watching because I, I, you know, I I watch ESPN because I want to keep up to date on sports, right? And I think they generally do a very good job. I do. And have been doing a better job recently, in recent years. That Since they hired Katie Nolan and she's been on um, uh, Highly Questionable, that was fucking great. Mina Kimes on Around the Horn has been really fucking good. Uh, Frank Isola has been doing a lot of great work, like co-hosting Pardon the Interruption. I fucking love all those guys. And, like, are, are you kidding? Like, Carrie Champion doing her work on SportsCenter? It's it's all fucking gotten so much better than it was a year, maybe even two ago. And then you have Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper manufacturing whole cloth mock draft drama. Not about, like, someone making, like, a hot take pick or something, but about Todd McShay willfully bending the rules in order to get people like tweeting about him talking about it that's pretty pathetic it's it's fucking pathetic and it makes me angry it makes me so angry i'm sorry i i just i needed i needed to air that out in a semi-public setting just for me i i i don't blame you i mean if we've learned many things this past week it's just how willing espn is 
to just take a small kernel of information that may be irrelevant and really push the envelope of how much ridiculous content they can get out of it. Yeah, yeah. There was that story this week about uh, LeBron James sending Alabama the cease and desist about like a, a TV show or like a YouTube show that they're doing that's kind of similar to one he does. It's just like... It's, I mean, I was talking about a particular player oh, who is oh. currently giving the entire NFL fan base big blue balls. Yeah, as if we didn't call this. Do, do, do you get it? Yeah, yes, I do. do you get it? I do. We, I, I tweeted at, I tweeted this at you either yesterday or the day before. Everyone fucking thinks he's going to be traded still, even after the Rams got Brandon Cooks. Everyone's still so sure, so sure that Odell Beckham... I think my favorite thing was um, I saw Ian Rappaport tweet that just... He was about tweeting about the Rams trade and just like... Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, Rams yeah. and Giants were never all that close to actually trading Odell Beckham. Of course like, they weren't. No, they weren't because it's not gonna fucking happen, you morons. Being like... Being open to a potential trade and actively shopping mm-hmm. someone are yeah, two, two very, very different things. Very different things. And because this is the draft and this is the time of year where everyone's smoke screening the fuck out of everything. Everybody. And everyone is already yeah. really unsure of what the Giants are going to do. I'm genuinely shocked how many people are still completely buying this. When, like, it's quite possible that the Giants said this thing to get Schefter to start talking about yeah, this nonsense yeah, yeah. just to, like, throw people off of whatever they're actually trying to do. Or or they, to see if maybe they could get two early round picks. Like, because yeah. uh, like, why not? If you can try to, to fleece some, like, literally steal someone's wallet and the media will help you do it, why the hell there's not? No, there's no real player that is untradeable and there's absolutely zero harm in taking a phone call and considering like laughing in their face like if if somebody called up if the packers called up the texans Mm -hmm. and were like hey aaron Rodgers for jj watt you'd think jj watt would be one of those untradeable players right but if Someone offers Aaron Rodgers. No. No, that's off the table. Every player is tradable. And, like, it's just that most of these players that we consider untradable are untradable because the the price that they would cost is just so high that it's not worth it. Astronomical. And that's that's more or less what Beckham is right now. Yeah. The price that people are that the Giants are asking for, two first rounders, which I think is a perfectly adequate price for him possibly more yeah for the for the best receiver in the game are you kidding yeah one of the best receivers in the game like like two first rounders that he might be worth it like but also with the fact that he's going to demand a high contract next year yeah um that sort of deal and he does have the uh media drama like baggage going on like it's just no team is going to do that and if a team does offer that then the giants would be smart to it the very least considerate absolutely they don't have to take it but 
they should at least consider it. This whole thing happened in a very compressed and truncated fashion. Literally, so this is already outdated, but from when we recorded the podcast, like what we record on Wednesday night, the Thursday after, there were these stories about Gronkowski and how people are pursuing him for a trade and how the Patriots might be shopping him around. And it was the same exact thing as it was uh, with OBJ in that, like, oh, is there tension in the front office? There were those stories about Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and uh, Patriot way. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, we're like top seven Gronkowski landing spots. Where's gonna where's Gronkowski gonna go? He's not gonna be a Patriot next year. And then they trade away Brandon Cooks and now they pretty much have to keep Gronkowski, right? Yeah, yeah, there's I Gronkowski wasn't going anywhere. No, of course he wasn't. It's all the time. Because because if Gronk well the real reason is because if Gronkowski leaves, Tom Brady kinda has to retire, right? Like I feel like I feel like you get to a certain point where why would Tom Brady retire when in about three years he'll have Cooper Cup? Oh, sure. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I didn't even think about that. That's a nice callback. And he gets Julian Edelman back next year. Yeah, so I, that Julian is that's true. That's true. will do just fine until they replace him with newer model Cooper Cup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Julian Edelman 2.0. We'll see, we'll see if he has as funny well, of a no, YouTube Wes channel. Well, no, Wes Welker 3.0. That's, yeah, that's fair. Yes, very Julian true. Very true. 2.0. Yeah. Yes. Oh man, the many Wes Welkers of the New England Patriots. Danny Amendola was Wes Welker 2.4. Yeah, I was gonna say or 1.5, maybe. I don't know where you want to put it there, but he definitely wasn't like he was in beta for sure. Yeah, he he was never completed. Yeah, he, he was steam early access. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's more or less what Danny Amendola was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, just don't don't listen to Beckham stuff and do no. not operate under the assumption that Beckham is going anywhere. Just we don't know what the Giants are going to do, and if they trade him, well, then they trade him. Having but having said that, having said that, there my... isn't always um, fire where there's smoke. A lot of people are just like, well, there's smoke where there's fire, and Schefter is right like Schefter does get things right a little bit more often than normal but Schefter's gets stuff wrong too tons of times everybody everyone I think has kind of forgotten that before the Jimmy Garoppolo trade he was pushing really hard that Jimmy Garoppolo was not getting traded and and, and then he got traded yep so don't don't immediately trust Schefter when he's saying things like oh I I fully believe that like Beckham's gonna be traded like but Adam Schefter is a reporter, not a not a commentator, not an analyst. And primarily he, he chases Schefter is good. Too. Yeah. He Schefter is very good at getting the knowledge of things after they've already been decided. Yes. He's not good at predicting. He's never been good at predicting. In that case, he's just another dumb talking head trying to generate content. Speaking speaking of that though, I will say not. I, I don't want to harsh anyone's vibe on prognosticating a word that I apparently can't say, and predicting and 
kind of having fun like oh who will go where oh wouldn't it be fun if whatever because this is like the only time of year you can do that and yeah. for for us to remove that joy of building a dream roster like a fantasy roster on your favorite team for us to take that joy away from you would be a cardinal sin i mean yeah o- odell beckham jr probably isn't gonna go anywhere but if you're say a bills fan Right, and, think, you, and you want to believe? Fucking believe! Yeah, have a discussion over discussion a couple is, years with friends. Whatever. The discussion of what it, what it could be doing is good. But yeah, like when you see the Rams trade for Brandon Cooks, and you're immediately like, "Wow, well, how are they going to get Beckham now?" Like, yeah, they yeah, probably weren't going to get Beckham, <laughs> you dumbasses. It's the wrong reaction. Yeah, it's like you're you're saying that like that somehow killed the Beckham deal when the Beckham deal was probably not going to happen. And like. And you're also ignoring you can hope. Keep your expectations in line. Right. Yes. And and when things do happen, when like when the Rams trade happens, don't think about oh man, now they can't get Beckham. Think about oh wow, what a yeah, fucking crazy team the the Rams have put together all of a sudden. Right. Don't don't let those smoke screens, uh, I guess, distract you from the exciting shit that has already happened even if even if it's something that is unexpected and might fly under the radar you know what is kind of unexpected and kind of flew under the radar sam what um the ravens signed a backup quarterback today Uh uh-huh do you know who it is oh god i saw this earlier today but it, it has gone in one ear and out the other please 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 tell me i want to know his name is robert his last name is Griffin. Three times. No shit, really? I didn't yep. see this. Holy shit, dude. RG3 is on a one-year deal as a backup for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people from D.C. feel some kind of way about that, huh? Yeah. I mean, he's kind of in the area again. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Uh, do you think we'll see RG3 this year? I think we'll see him on the field for sure absolutely for sure joe flacco's usually good for like i mean he he doesn't get injured bad but he's good for like missing maybe a game and a half every year eh, eh. ish so i feel like we'll see rg3 play i feel like we'll see rg3 play and I'll, i feel like we'll he'll have maybe a chance to make his case as someone who deserves to at least be a backup in the national football league hopefully because i always kind of want to give people the benefit of the doubt right that's that's my take on it i i mean i i guess i'm happy that he'll get to be paid Mm -hmm. i i Mm -hmm. don't have a high opinion of robert griffin the third as a quarterback or as a person really fair He, he doesn't seem like a great guy i considering like what he did with like his wife and yeah thing like that like yeah like he's just like straight up posting pictures of him kissing his girlfriend while he's still married and yeah like, yeah it's like having a kid like hey robert griffin third hey, he yeah. doesn't practice what he preaches yeah it's he... kind of a shitty thing to do i just always mm-hmm. think in terms of him on the field it's hard to argue that he that his career wasn't completely torpedoed by the washington redskins like that it's certain it's certainly yeah in washington his career was certainly torpedoed but he did have a chance 
He did. He did have a chance with the Browns. That's true. Yep. And that lasted all of one game. Yeah. Yes. Very true. Very true. I I just like he he tore right. He tore like all of his ligaments in his leg because Dan Snyder didn't want to pay for grounds upkeep at FedEx Field, and that's that's what where my mind always goes to. But I mean, yeah, he had some chances after that, and he never really made it work. So that's that's also incredibly incredibly salient. I just think it'll be fun because at one point this year, Flacco will get hurt. He'll probably get like a concussion or something. Yeah, yeah. And then he'll come out of the game. RG three will go into the game, and then he'll get hurt. And the Ravens will have started three quarterbacks in one game, and that will be an interesting little piece of trivia. Yes. What is the I wonder what the record for that is. How many quarterbacks you've started? How many different NFL quarterbacks have started in the same game? I can look this up. I mean, I assume it's probably no more than four. Like, I Mm -hmm. I don't. I I feel like three has happened a couple times, but more than that, I don't. I don't know. Let's see how many different. NFL QBs have started in one game. The first result is list of Cleveland Browns starting quarterbacks. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't look like, yeah, it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to find it right now, but it's probably the Browns. It's probably the Browns. It's probably the Browns. There was like a game like either this year or last year where Hugh Jackson played like three quarterbacks in a game that's right it was he benched deshaun kaiser and then put him back in and then like took him back out again the bills did something similar right with um with tyrod and then they didn't bring tyrod back right it was like nathan peterman and then they benched him for someone else who wasn't tyrod i can't remember maybe i can't i thought they they gave tyrod the ball back once it was very very clear that nathan peterman was not the answer (laughs) yes i don't know i i don't know tweet at us if you know tweet at us if you if if you know then you know and you should tweet at us yes please i don't really have anything else to say we dunked on ready player one yep went through the minor bits of news that have happened this week um just keep in mind our, my prediction that Geno Smith will eventually end Philip Rivers' Iron Man streak. Combo breaker. Combo breaker. Um, before we go, I saw this post online. I see this post online every year. And this is going to sound like super insensitive, but I think it's kind of weird that we keep talking about sean taylor still every year on the anniversary of his death like i feel like that was over 10 years ago do we have to replay highlights and post them every single time well so what what i would kind of what i would take from that is why can't we just remember sean taylor all year right as as one of the most exciting football players to play the game. Why Why does it need to be just one day, like... like again, I'm, like, I'm afraid I'm, I'm coming across insensitive here, and he was good, but I feel like Sean Taylor has gotten Kurt Cobain'd 
and that mm. he's become more legendary in death than he was as a player because when he was playing i remember him being pretty good and like oh this is this is an all pro safety but i but since then it's like he was a legend mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i'm that's like fair. that's not that's not like it, like it was really sad what happened but it happened a while ago it's, like we don't it, have to keep like saint the canonizing him i guess yeah it's also really strange because you know who we don't do that with junior fucking Seau, or really yeah. any, any any of the other nfl junior players Seau deserves more remembrance than like, like than what he gets yeah was for absolutely sure. a tragedy yeah what happened I, to a bunch of players is absolutely a yeah tragedy. junior Seau deserves to be remembered honestly to me more than sean taylor does we we might be getting into some not conspiracy territory but like i mean it's easier for the nfl to remember sean taylor than it is for the nfl to remember junior seau or any of the other people who who were really fucked up by football and and ended up living tragic lives and dying tragic deaths because of the game that they have impacted, right? So, I, I mean, I guess I get it. I get it on some level where it's like, this is a player that you can canonize that was a fan favorite, um, you know, both on the on the Redskins and, you know, nationwide, really. I get it. And I, I mean, I'm going to disagree with you in that I think he does deserve to be remembered, but I think that... I think that the focus on not remembering him as a player, but remembering him only in death is weird and makes me feel weird. You know? that I think that's kind of my where I land on this whole thing. Because I was thinking about this a little bit, too. I was like, what makes me kind of squinchy about the whole Sean Taylor remembrance stuff? And it's that every year, it's the same way. They have a heart-wrenching interview with his family which like breaks my heart every single year when i watch it and they have players talking about how sean taylor impacted the game and and it's not like it's not the remembrance of the player it's it's like a little bit of a remembrance of the legacy but a like remember this tragedy which i don't think i don't think is a very good way to celebrate someone's life in general it's there's just Something about it has, for the past, like, like five years or so, something about it has always felt kind of weird. Yeah, and off-putting yeah. About the, the weird, oh, this legend. And like, it, it, there's something just off about it, and it makes me feel odd. And I, I, I realize there's going to be a lot of people who are like, ah, but... Like but was, it's not about, you're not just, saying, like, Sean Taylor doesn't deserve to be remembered, right? That's not what you're saying. I'm saying, like, the weird cult around yeah. remembering him is yeah. kind of odd. Yes. And the way in Joe which Taylor people deserves choose to be remembered to... once in a while, but I don't feel like we need to celebrate the anniversary of his death with this kind of... Like, I feel like I almost see more remembering of Sean Taylor's death online than I see of, like, 9-11 remembrances at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a little odd that it's just this constant thing. It's just like, oh... He he died. Like let's let's remember this cult of death around Sean Taylor. 
and what could have been because it's it is a little weird he's also like there are other players that have died in 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 non-football related tragic deaths that don't get this kind of canonization and i would be I'd be interested to to dig into into why. That's a that's a tough question and one that like I don't feel equipped to handle, right? I, I don't fucking know shit about shit. I'm a fucking football podcast. I I'm a dangus. I don't like I don't either. It's it's weird. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's our weird ending note. Yeah. I hope you like it. <laughs> Sam. How, yes. how can we follow you and what can we link to for the many years after your tragic death? Yeah, uh, please link to my Twitter at Sam Grzezes, S-A-M-G-R-E-S-Z-E-S-E-S-E-S. I'm on Twitch and Instagram at Robots Fighting Dinosaurs as well. Dave? Um, please remember me by my good tweets at DrawPlayDave, um, my good Facebook posts before they stole all my data on the DrawPlay comic, um, all my good hiking photos on Instagram at DrawPlayDave, and all the times I've been, like, ignoring Patreon. So, yeah, of course, you should always link to the DrawPlay.com, where yes. all the good stuff is centered and located. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week, everybody.